This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. So here we come, it's our Saturday bonus, and here's where we dip into the mind of the client and help you accountants figure out why they didn't buy. And Martin, last week we looked at accountants struggling to close the deal and getting that ghost in, they're not coming back to us, we feel that it's dead in the water, there's radio silence. What is on your mind for this week's bonus? Okay, thank you, Rob. So guys, the, the ones we've done up to now, okay, have been ones where we have received a piece of feedback from the accountant as to why they didn't win whatever business they were trying to win and not believing it and then going for confirmation to the business that they didn't win to find out if it's true and getting a very different story from the business owner. Now, we know that the truth is normally somewhere in between those two extremes, but nevertheless, even if it is and wherever it is on the spectrum, the story isn't what the accountant told us was the problem. Now, on this week's, here's one as to why the prospect didn't buy that I have no need to check with the business owner because we know it's to be true right from the start. And this is where the accountant has come back to me in my consulting life, guys, and said, Martin, we didn't win that one because I struggled to overcome their objections. Or another way of phrasing that, I struggled to resolve their concerns. means the same thing. Now, this one needs no validation. I don't need to go out to the business owner and ask if that's true. I know it's true. How do I know it's true? Because it's happened so often. And on this one, Rob, you know, it can be the simplest thing, the simplest piece of resistance or query that unsettles the accountant. Because what we've got to remember here is we have a profession of technically trained professionals. Yeah, they're not sales naturals, are they, Martin? Not part of the training, never been part of the training, just as a sales natural isn't an accounting professional and can't handle technical content. But they've still got to persuade and influence and help people make their minds up, and that includes an element of selling. And you are going to encounter some resistance, some objections. If you can't overcome them, you're not going to win the business. And there's the downside, guys. You see, for us business people who are commercially minded and can do the selling part but can't do the accounting part, we can hire you for that. Unfortunately, the accountant needs to also have the commercial selling parts because your relationship with your client is so close to the numbers, the financial intimacy is so close, you can't palm that off to a salesperson. And as such, you have to get the sales bit right as well. So what I want to do for you guys is show you the four flavors of objections that generally speaking, practitioners struggle to handle. Okay, they come in four different flavors. The first one is the put-off objection. And the put-off objection sounds something like this. Oh, thank you very much, Rob. Uh, yeah, that's 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 been great. I've enjoyed uh, looking, you know, talking with you, and um, got your proposal here. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll go and we'll think about it. We'll come back to you. We'll let you know. <laughs> so that is neither a yes or a no in explicit terms. In Britain, we call that the British no, the maybe. But they're putting you off. There's a reason not to say yes right there. They're not so convinced as they want to come on board with you right there. Now we'll leave the reasons for these things to another episode. But that's flavor number one. In flavor number two, it's the irrelevant objection. Sounds like this. Well, Rob, uh, thank you very much for coming to see me. Uh, the proposal looks great. Uh, can't do anything about it right now. Going away on holiday. Or can't do anything about it right now. Got a, a person, got Dave off sick, and Dave runs the main machine in here, so it's all hands on deck. Yeah, we've got a new hire. We've got him on board. We've got uh, our year end is coming up next month, all of these. I've got to wash my hair. I've got to clip my toenails. Okay, so so you as the professional go uh, sure because you don't want to challenge it. So you say sure. Well, we'll we'll revert and something goes flying out of your control. So bad timing is part of irrelevance here, isn't it, Martin? 
Yeah, but, the, but, but it's an irrelevant objection. Who cares whether they've got a machine working or not? Does that mean that they stop all commercial decisions? Does that mean that nothing can be decided? So what if somebody comes in for a pay rise today? Do we say, well, we can't deal with that because we're going on holiday? Can't deal with that because Dave's not in today, who runs the machine. It's got nothing to do with anything. They, these people are business owners who make commercial decisions every single day. Your proposal is one of those commercial decisions. The fact that they are about to go on holiday, about to have a visit from someone that's their uh, regulatory body, uh, the machine's not working, whatever they come up with, it's an irrelevance. There's nothing in those excuses to stop them from saying, yes, we want to go ahead, but we're very busy right now. No, we don't want to go ahead and never darken our door again. So that's an irrelevant objection. The third one is, my, is the one I hate the most. It's the valid objection, the actual, genuine, real, perfectly correct uh, objection. And it sounds like this. Rob, thanks very much indeed for the proposal. Um, I hate to tell you this. Uh, we recently had a crisis in the family. And as a result, we have a family member in hospital. And I can't make any decisions at this moment in time because my head is not in a clear space. So, guys, there are only generally two or three iterations of this. A family crisis, the company going bankrupt, and I can't even think of a third. There are very, 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 very few reasons as to why they can't make a decision on your proposal. But those two are ones you should never try and navigate around. They are valid. They are absolutely ones that you should back off immediately and say, I completely understand. Let's reconvene when it's appropriate to do so. Never try and negotiate your way around those two guys. Those two are showstoppers. And the valid objection is the one that is real, and that's the one I don't like. So that just brings us to the final, the fourth objection, very close to the, to the irrelevant or the put-off, uh, and that is the don't understand it objection. And the don't understand it goes like this. Oh, Rob, thank you very much for that proposal. But you know what? We're only paying two and a half grand right now. Your proposal's for seven and a half grand. That's a huge hike for compliance work. Now, generally, you wouldn't be daft enough to go five grand higher than the existing accountant when you just put proposal for compliance work. So generally speaking, a proposal at seven and a half grand contains substantially more value than what they're currently receiving. Now, when you hear something like that, that shows that they haven't understood. They haven't understood what your proposal contains and what it is you're proposing to do for them, which means one of two things. Either they haven't been listening or you have made a very poor job of explaining it. Either way, unfortunately, it lands upon you to revisit this, to say, well, uh, actually, Martin, it's, it would be a lot more to pay for compliance, but that's not what the proposal is. So you have read it, haven't you? You have reviewed it, haven't you? you have, you're all aware that we're responding to the things you asked us to add in, aren't you? But it comes out as a price objection, Martin, and you and I and, and many of the listeners will know that price is usually only ever an objection in the absence of value, which in this case, it's not being communicated. Yeah, the two, you're too expensive. Um, absence of value, for sure, or where they simply haven't understood, where, they, where the prospect is simply not clever enough to understand what it is you proposed. But either way, you've got to educate it. So there we are, guys. We've got the four flavors of objection for you as to why they didn't buy it. So if you struggle with resolving concerns, then bear in mind that every objection you ever hear fits into one of those four families. When you know which of the four families it fits into, you know how you can handle it and begin to overcome it. And we'll cover that 
in one of the future episodes of Why Didn't They Buy? That's been great, Martin. It's really important that accounting practitioners watch for these, get things ready for these. We will give you some tips in future episodes, but you've got to see them for what they are. Sometimes the buying signal, sometimes the genuine resistance and uh, a miscomprehension of what you're doing, but they are all good things helping making you better, stronger, more mental and resilient, and ultimately able to bring in more business. Thank you, Martin, for this week's episode of Why They Didn't Buy. This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett.